Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Jonathan Tahaji. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoyed this message. Man, praise God. Uh, before I get started, I want to give honor where honor is due. And uh, to all eight of my pastors, uh, thank you guys. We love you. You guys are the best. Uh, Pastor Omar, Sister Letty, you guys aren't here, but I'm sure you're watching over your house via Facebook Live or whatever it is. Uh, you guys are the goat. And uh, you guys, yeah. I'm not calling my pastor an animal. The goat is an acronym for the greatest of all time. Uh, so they're, they're just the best. Their, their vision for church planning, I, I love it. I came in as a kid. I, I adopted it. It's something I want to do. Uh, and they're just so good, you know. They, I, they could start a church in hell, and it'll probably, it'll probably work. So that, that's how good they are. Uh, your pastors are amazing. So uh, with that, like, I just want to get started. I want to read from Mark chapter 15, verse 21. Uh, it says this. There was a man walking by coming from work, Simon from Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They made him carry Jesus' cross. Immediately after reading this scripture, another one came into mind. And, and before we go any further, we're going to talk about Simon, but I want to read this scripture. And it's, it's, a, couple, it's a couple chapters right, right before this one. It says this, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus says to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's important to understand what Jesus means when he says deny yourself, Pick up your cross and then follow me. People interpret the cross as, and it's not just this. People interpret the cross as some type of burden that they have to carry. And, and they say it almost with this woe is me attitude, this self-pitying pride that, that, well, that's my cross. I have to carry it. When Jesus carried his cross to be crucified, no one thought of it to be a symbol of, of a burden to carry. Anyone in the first century the time that Jesus was alive or, or any people that were alive during the time of crucifixion being a punishment for breaking the law or whatever that looks like, it represented one thing and one thing only. It represented death. And it represented death by the most humiliating, embarrassing, uh, uh, painful way possible that a human can endure. So, so now, the moment that Jesus touches this cross, the moment that that, that Jesus carries his cross throughout the city being beaten and broken. And, and to 2,000 years later, the cross has somehow taken a whole new different meaning. It's, it's this symbol that we have in our houses and, and that we have on pictures and paintings that, that people carry around their neck. And some people even get a tattoo of. And, and it's taken on this whole new meaning of atonement, forgiveness, and grace, mercy, and love, and salvation. How can it go from a representation of, of death to life? Because I believe that anything that Jesus touches, it goes from death to life. I think about your life. I think about my life. I think of who I was before. I think of who I could be without God. From death to life, I was broken. I was beaten. I was going around confused, filling with so much anxiety and insecurity as a young man. And I was living, born into sin. From what I've done to myself and just being born as, into sin because of what Adam and Eve has done. And, and I went from death to life because Jesus touched me. 
the cross that I carry is all about Jesus and what he's done for me, what he's done for you. The cross you carry must be your gospel. We hear testimonies today, and, and they're amazing, but there's so many testimonies around here that you must carry because that's your cross. That is something that you need, that needs to spill out of us for others to realize that there is a God. It's your testimony. Take up your cross and follow me. It's a call to those who've met Jesus. Jesus is with his disciples, and he's speaking to the crowd. These people know of Jesus. These people have heard of what he's done, and he's had direct contact with them. And this isn't, this isn't a come all who are weary and heavy burden, I will give you rest. Like There's a whole different dynamic to that. Jesus is talking to people who he's, who he's met or had contact with. If you would follow me any further, if you want to come with me any further, this is what you must do. You must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then you can follow me. It's a call to absolute surrender, obedience, and submission. After each time Jesus commanded cross-bearing, he said this. He said, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his very soul? In the book of Luke, there's three people that seem willing to follow Jesus. Three people. And one of them, one of them, he says, he says, they're on the road, and, and he tells Jesus, he says, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another one, uh, and then Jesus tells another one, Follow me. And then this one says, Lord, let me go bury my father first. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. There's one more. He's, and he says, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go say farewell to my family that's, that's at home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus knew that their commitment was half-hearted. It's not the fact that Jesus didn't want the, uh, them to follow him. It's that they failed to count the cost of what it took to follow Jesus. None were willing to take up their cross and crucify upon their own interest on it. I ask you, what, what is it, what is it that, that inconveniences us? Or what is it, what cross do you feel that you have a burden that you have to carry? Because when you pick up your cross, there's more things that need to happen if you just picking up your cross. There's some things that you're going to have to crucify on it. If I could have Omar come up. Oh, I'm halfway done. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Jesus betrayed by one of his disciples now. We go back to the, the opening scripture that I read. It's, it, Jesus is now betrayed by one of his disciples, and, and he's denied by another. And he's given into the hands of the soldiers who ultimately decide that he's going to die by crucifixion. And now he's, he's being beaten, and he's being mocked. And he's carrying his cross to Golgotha, where he's going to be crucified, and and now the soldiers, maybe they show remorse. Maybe they're feeling a little bad. We, we beat this man so bad who can't even recognize him. Maybe they're getting a little impatient. Maybe they're feeling like now he's taking, now the cross he's carrying, he's carrying a little too slow. I got a family to go home to. This turned into an all-day event. Whatever it is. And, and, and there was a man walking by coming from work. Simon from Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They made him carry Jesus' cross. John chapter 3, verse 17, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. They made him carry Jesus' cross. 
that wasn't Jesus' cross that Simon helped carry. That was Simon's cross. That was my cross. That was your cross. We're born into sin, shaping into iniquity, done wrong against each other and to our own selves. We deserve what happened to Jesus. But he traded places with us. Compelled to carry, carry, help him carry his cross, but that was my cross and your cross. And he traded places for us. That whoever will believe in Jesus and profess him as, and proclaim his Lord and Savior will not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. Jesus carried my cross so I could walk in freedom from death to life. Jesus carried your cross so you could walk in freedom from death to life. When you're just walking by, minding your own business. My, my version says he was going home. Others wouldn't say he was just passing through the country, but he was just walking by. Minding his own business, and, and the enemy tells him, he says, help him carry his cross. I want to encourage you, but the enemy doesn't, the enemy comes against you, and they're going to tell you, there's going to be, you got to pick up your cross. There's some things that they're going to go through, and you have to do it. But what the enemy doesn't know is that you were only enabling me to be closer to Jesus. I'm going to carry that cross, but I'm not going to carry it alone. I'm going to carry it with Jesus. I don't care that Jesus is unrecognizable. I don't care that he's carried me so many times, time after time again. I'm not going to carry my cross alone. Lord, you started it in the beginning by being beaten for my transgressions. You started it in the beginning when they beaten you and you bruised you. And you ended it when you died on that cross and you rose again the third day. So somewhere in the middle, I'm going to carry my cross. But I'm not going to carry it alone. When you pick up your cross, there are some things that you have to crucify. It says in here, it says, Simon from Cyrene the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, there's no literal reason to why Alexander and Rufus are mentioned in the Word of God. There's no other times that they're mentioned. The most famous of the time, which could have been 300 years before Jesus died, or it could have been less, but the most famous Alexander of the time was Alexander the Great, a symbol of military power. The most famous Rufus was Musonius Rufus, who was a pacifist philosopher. And now it says Simon was from Cyrene. The Cyrenes were famous at the time because they were hedonistic atheist philosophers and part of a failed military uprising, a military messiah rather than a spiritual one. The worldly offspring of Simon the Cyrene are military power and human philosophy. Mark, the one who wrote this, uh, Mark who wrote one of the, uh, in this Bible, he says, neither way are correct and both need to be crucified on that cross. We try to fight on our own power. We try to do things on our own thinking that, you know what, my way is the best way. There are some things when we come to God, we try to come our own way. But when we pick up our cross, there are some things that we need to crucify. And that's your own human philosophy. That's you trying to fight alone. That's you trying to fight for your family alone. Trying to fight for your job alone. Trying to fight for your future alone. There are some things that you need to do when you come to God. That's pick up your cross. Deny yourself. Full submission and obedience and authority to God. And you know what? You say, God, here I am. If you ever wonder if you're ready to take up your cross, consider these questions. They're basic questions. I ask myself this all the time. 
Are you willing to lose some of your closest friends? Are you willing to accept alienation from your family? Are you willing to lose your reputation or what you thought was cool or who you thought you were? Are you willing to lose your job? This is a tough one. I understand we have to provide for our families. There are plenty of times I wasn't able to come to church because, because of work. But when work completely keeps you out of coming to church and being faithful and serving, there's a reason why Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And most of them were to the church or to his disciples that were in the church. There's a reason why the church is considered the bride of Christ. It's important that you come to church. So for you to say, oh, I can, I can be saved at home. I can wake up Sunday morning and watch all the programs in the world. Sure. Sure. But it speaks volumes and it speaks testaments to where you are in your walk with God. I'd rather be invited by God than be invited by family. It's hard to say. I love my family. I was taught family first. Absolutely. But if there's an invitation for me in heaven, I'd rather accept that through my obedience than accept the invitation to family members' party that's during connect group, during life group, during Sunday. When you say no, you're dropping seeds. You're dropping seeds and your family doesn't know it and they might hate you for it. But what happens when someone gets cancer? What happens when someone passes away? What happens when someone's marriage is failing? Who do they call? It's important that you stick to your guns, that you stay, that you stay firmly faithful in the word. Our true commitment to him is revealed during our trials. I have a cross to carry, but I'm not going to carry it alone. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.